I hope you'll give me a good hearing today. And um, listen, let me say thank you real quick. Thank you to all of those who, uh, a big thank you to the church for what the church did for us for our anniversary. And then all the cards and just the kind words and the text and just good night um, so much. And we, we sure appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. And, and boy, we had a good question and answer time on Wednesday night. Just a great spirit. And the music was good. The fellowship was great. And if you haven't taken in one of our Q&As, boy, whatever you do, you ought to try it. It's, it's, it's a good, good time. And so anyway, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 13 this morning, Luke 13. When you find your place, if you'll stand this morning, and we're going to read, we're going to read a few more verses than what I put on your screen there. But uh, let's look at Luke 13 today, verse, verse number 10. Luke 13, verse 10. The Bible says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Now, if you like to mark your Bibles up, I want you to underline or I want you to circle the words spirit of infirmity. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift, her, lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work, and them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, thou hypocrite. This is the ruler of the synagogue. Thou hypocrite. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond? Notice those words, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, I guess. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. You may be seated this morning. And I want to talk to you about this subject, a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of infirmity. I don't think anybody's going to walk out of here saying, man, that was the, the greatest message you've ever heard preacher preach. But I don't think you're going to hear a more important lesson than what we're going to give you today. And so uh, if you've ever listened, you know, if you're, a little droggy right now, put in a piece of candy or something, you know, because, uh, man, and this message is so relevant for just a lot of reasons that I even can't go into today. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings and, Lord, for the privilege to be here at Calvary today. Lord, the music service has been amazing, and I want to thank you for the choir. Lord, they gave it their all today, and it, and it showed and it helped us and it encouraged us. And then, Lord, for the good congregational music, there's just nothing like good old-fashioned congregational singing. And then, Lord, we're thankful for the special. Lord, I'm glad for that day when Jesus stepped in in my life. 
And now, Lord, as we've made our way to the preaching time, I pray that you would knit our hearts together and I pray that we'll learn a helpful truth, maybe even a life-changing truth. Uh, Lord, without a shadow of a doubt, there's somebody here today that needs this message. It's helped me this week, I know that. But there's somebody here that needs it, I believe, other than me. And then there may be somebody watching by way of the live stream that, Lord, is, is desperate for this message today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, uh, Lord, I, I, I pray that you would just take over the service now. The best that we know how, we plead the blood of Jesus over the service and over this time. And I pray that you would bind the powers of darkness. And I pray, Lord, you'd keep your blessings within so, Lord, help us and, and instruct us, please. We praise you and we ask you for your help in Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. According to Luke chapter 13, the Bible says this lady that the Bible is speaking of here had a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of infirmity. Now, I've read this passage before, as I'm sure that you probably have, but I, I read it the other day, and, and for some reason, it's the Holy Spirit. I know that's what it was. The Holy Spirit made those words stand out in my mind like they have never stood out before, a spirit of infirmity. And the Bible says that this lady has a spirit of infirmity which has kept her bent over or doubled over for 18 long years. Now, study, I, I promise you, I did my homework on this. Most scholars tend to believe that this spirit of infirmity was probably, and I want to be sure I add that word, probably a demonic spirit. But at the same time, almost every, every scholar that I read did not hold a dogmatic view of that because this healing in Luke 13 was so different than any other miracle that Jesus performed. The phrase, a spirit of infirmity, in and of itself, is a very different wording. In Mark 126, the Bible talks about an unclean spirit. In Mark chapter 9 and verse number 18, the Bible talks about a dumb spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 33, the Bible talks about a spirit of an unclean devil. But only, but only, in Luke 13, 11, it uses the words spirit of infirmity. Some scholars believe that this had to be a demonic spirit because of what the Bible says in verse 16. Look what our Bible says in verse 16. The Bible says, and ought not this woman, this is the crowd speaking, by the way, and ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan hath bound. Lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. But I looked up that word as well. And the word bond there does not mean demon. The word bond means shackle or disability. In other words, the Lord said, doesn't this, doesn't this lady deserve to be loose from this shackle or this disability? It's also interesting about Luke chapter 13 that we never find a place where Jesus cast out any demonic spirit. We do find that in quite a few other places. 
where the Bible says that Jesus spoke and the devil came out or Jesus uh, cast the demon out. But we never find that in Luke chapter number 13 concerning this lady that had a spirit of infirmity. I'll tell you something else that's, that's pretty amazing and the Lord just gave me this this morning. But here's a lady that has been bent over for 18 years. She's doubled over. She can't even see straight and yet she's attending the synagogue. Most people who have a minor affliction won't even come to church. And yet here's a lady who evidently, even though she is bent over double and can't even stand up straight, is attending back in that day what would have been considered our church. And maybe she's been coming for a long, long time that way. Now, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you this, that this doesn't sound like your classic demon-possessed woman. This infirmed lady does not call out to Jesus. In fact, Jesus calls on her. Now, you say, preacher, is that the only reason? That's not the only reason. When you examine the phrase, a spirit of infirmity, the word spirit in Luke 13 means mental disposition or or superhuman, an angel, or demon. So if you're here this morning and say, preacher, there's not a doubt that was a demon, that's fine. We won't argue about that or debate about it, that's fine. If you hold to that, and, I, and by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong. You may be absolutely right. But I'm, this is what I'm preaching today. There is a very real, I believe there's a very real possibility that this illness that this lady was experiencing was brought on by a mental disposition. There's a very good likelihood that this woman allowed her mind to get in a very bad place and this unhealthy psychological mind severely affected her physical well-being. Now, I looked it up because I want to make sure I was right on this. Spirit of infirmity. I wanted to see if that was mentioned anywhere else in the scripture. Spirit of infirmity. And that phrase, a spirit of infirmity, is not mentioned anywhere else in all of scripture. But those words, the words are used somewhere else. And I want to show it to you. Would you take, hold your place there at Luke 13, but I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter number 18 and and look at verse 14, and, and please bear with me as I lay a little foundation here, but I promise you it'll be well worth it here. Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18. Holding your place in Luke 13, look at Proverbs 18 and verse number 14. Wow, this is, uh, th this is sort of amazing to me at least. Proverbs 18, 14, the Bible says the spirit, well, that's a, a word that was used in Luke 13, the spirit of a man will sustain his what? The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. That word spirit in Proverbs 18, 14 is a Hebrew word that means this. It means as seat or organ of mental acts. And so the Bible says that those mental acts, the, the spirit of a man, the mental acts of a man will sustain. The word sustain there means to nourish or support. Now church, hang on. This is what our Bible's telling us in Proverbs 18, verse 14, that our spirit or our mind or our mental disposition will either help our infirmity or it will hurt our infirmity. 
Now, without a shadow of doubt, I believe that's what the Bible is saying there, that your spirit or your mind, if I could use that word, your mind or your mental disposition will affect your life in a huge fashion. In fact, listen to Romans 7.23. You don't have to turn there. Romans 7.23, but I see another law in my members warring, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Hebrews chapter 12, verse three says it like this, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied in your mind. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Now, this is what I'm saying this morning, Calvary. There's little doubt that your mind is incredibly important. Now, whether or not, you know, you say, don't, don't get hung up on the demon thing. He said, well, preacher, I believe this. Okay, all right, good. You go home, be sure you studied out as good as I have, and then come back and we'll, we'll talk about it. Won't debate about it, but we'll talk about it. Might make for good conversation. But I believe this. I believe that there's a real strong, strong possibility that this lady in Luke 13 had let her mind get into such a shape that this bond, this shackle, this disability had such a holding in her life that she just could not get free. And it wasn't until the Lord came and the Lord said, you're loosed from that disability that she was able to straighten up. Now, understanding that our mind is incredibly important, I wanna make a few applications today and I think they'll be well worth your hearing today. Number one is this, it's important that Christians have their mind. Now, that almost sounds like an incomplete sentence, but after we go through the next two, it won't be. It's important that Christians have their mind. In other words, it's important that you stay in control of your mind. There's a reason that I, there's a reason that I put that specific picture on the screen because I wanted you to understand that you, that, that you need to be the driver of your mind. You need to be the one that's steering your mind. Uh, you need to be the captain of your mind. In other words, you can't just put it into neutral. And I'm going to start preaching ahead of myself. I don't watch what I'm doing. Listen to this. Even though your brain makes up only about 2% of your body's weight, about three pounds, your brain, it uses 20 to 30% of the calories that you take in, take in, as well as 20% or more of the oxygen and blood flow in your body. The brain uses its approximately, approximately 86 billion neurons, which fire 18 trillion times a second to perceive and analyze incoming data and then execute your responses. Did you know this morning that an estimated, listen to this now, that an estimated 60 to 80% of visits to primary care physicians have a stress-related component and that research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses comes from one's thought life. Man, I don't know if that shakes anybody else or not, but every time I read that statistic, it, man, it just tells me that this is, this is important. 
75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from one's thought life. You know what that means, church? That you and I cannot put our mind into neutral. It means that you cannot just open your mind up to just anything. And by the way, that's exactly the society and the, and the generation that we're living in. We have people that have titles and who are teaching university classes and college classes and they're telling our young people, just open your mind up, be open-minded. You just go ahead and accept new things and that, that everything is relative. There's no absolutes. There's no right. There's no wrong. And I want to tell you today, there is still right and there is still wrong and it's right here in this precious book that I have today. And yet we have people who say, you know what? You need to open your mind. Open your mind. You need to open your mind to pornography. Open your mind. I know what that preacher says. But just because he says it doesn't mean he's right. I want to tell you something. The preacher didn't say it. God said it. Open your mind to pornography. Open your mind to immorality. Open your mind to inclusion and tolerance and acceptance and alcohol and gambling. Open your mind up to just anything on the internet. But I'm telling you, church, listen, did you know that you cannot let your mind just go into neutral? You cannot let your mind just go into a coast mode. We cannot afford to do that. And I'll tell you why. Because your mind and my mind is the gateway to the heart. And your mind determines your destination. You say, Pastor, calm down. This ain't no time to calm down. This is time to get fired up. I'm telling you, church, and I don't, listen, I'm telling you, we are going to hell in a handbasket. You know what? Our homes are falling apart. Our marriages are a shambles. Our kids are at their wit's end. You know why? Because, brother, as the mind goes, so goes your life, so goes your destination, so goes your church, so goes your marriage, so goes your home, so goes your family. Listen, you have to make sure that you're the one who drives your mind. Proverbs 23, 7, listen to this. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Preacher's not hurting anybody. It's just hurting me. Oh, listen to me. Whichever direction your mind's going, it's where your life's going to go. I'm going to stay with the outline today. I'm going to tell you something, fellas. You'll not, infl- you'll not let perversion and immorality and wickedness and darkness infiltrate your mind for 10 and 15 years. And then when you get married, everything's going to clear up. That's not the way it works. This mind's like a computer. And whatever files you put into this computer get filed away. And boy, listen, have you ever done this? Have you ever had a device and you finally just had to do a hard reset because you couldn't get it fixed? 
It got a virus on it or something and you, you tried taking this off and you tried taking this off and, and it, was all, it was still sluggish and it wouldn't work right and it was crashing all the time. And so finally, you just had to do a hard reset. You know why? Because those files that got into that system corrupted that system. Listen to me now. Young men, are you listening to your pastor that loves you today? You cannot afford to look at the wrong. You say, preacher, it's no big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. And by the way, somebody needs to get passionate about it and somebody needs to get up and shout about it and talk about it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is a big deal. That's exactly why our marriages are falling apart. It's exactly why our homes are, are just all to pieces because, brother, our mind, listen, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Mark 7, 14 says it like this. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand, understand. Jesus said, hey, I want you to understand something. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, come out of him, those are they that defile the man. Somebody said, watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You know where it starts? Right here. You said, preacher, was that lady bowed over because of a demon? Possibly. Could be. But I really believe with all my heart that there's also a possibility that she was bowed over because her mind had gotten such a dysfunctional place, such an unhealthy place that it began to affect her physically. So number one, it's important that Christians have their mind. But number two, number two, it's important that Christians have their mind on Christ. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you one of the greatest scriptures you've ever read and it's in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 26 in your Bibles. And if you wanna memorize a verse, this is your verse. This is a, a good verse for you to memorize. Every young man, every older man, every lady, uh, this is a great memory verse for you to commit to memory. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number three, and the Bible says this, that in verse three, Isaiah 26, verse three, the Bible says, thou wilt, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is what? Whose mind is stayed. Oh, I like that word. That's a good word. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. It's important that our minds be on Christ, Calvary. Your mind needs to be on Jesus, not problems. Your mind needs to be stayed on Jesus, not people. If you walked into this church this morning and your mind, amen, preacher, that's good preaching right there. Thank you, brother, I think I'll keep it up, amen. I wanna tell you something. If you walked into this building this morning and your mind was on somebody else, your mind's in the wrong place. Well, I don't know if we'll get anything today because of brother so-and-so. 
Well, if you walked in here with your mind on brother so-and-so, you've got your mind in the wrong place. If you walked in here today with your mind on one of these sisters that sang in a choir or one of these ladies out here in this auditorium, if you walked in here with your mind on somebody, I'm gonna tell you what, your mind's in the wrong place. Listen, your mind shouldn't be on problems. Your mind shouldn't be on storms. Your mind shouldn't be on burdens. Your mind shouldn't be on grudges. Your mind shouldn't be on bitterness. Your mind and my mind ought to be stayed on Jesus. That's somebody says, preacher, okay. But how do, you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep your mind? How do you keep your mind on Christ? And this is the answer to that. You fill your mind and your schedule and your routine with things that focus on Christ. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, I mean, the, these are just some I'm gonna throw in, but there, there are dozens and dozens of others Preacher, how do I keep my mind on Christ? How about your music? Preacher, whoa, 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 whoa. This is Sunday morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, let's don't, whoa, let's go. You know why our, our, you know why our minds aren't stayed on Jesus a lot of times? Because our music's not right. Now, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I, I have a desire. I want my mind to be stayed on Jesus. Then it's very important that you listen to music that talks about Jesus. <laughs> Does that make sense? That doesn't seem very hard to understand. Uh, if you're here this morning and if you're here this morning and your mind is faintly on beer or your mind is faintly on alcohol or your mind is faintly on, uh, on women or your mind is faintly on the tavern or the saloon, uh, I'll ask you a question. What kind of music are you listening to? And so we ought to make sure that we're listening to good Christian music. And by the way, church, I wrote this down. It needs to be music that affects your spirit more than it affects your flesh. There's a lot of Christian music nowadays that, that makes you want to get up and do the Watusi. I mean, you know, the skunk skedaddle and the dish rag tweet. You know what I'm talking about? And, and uh, I'm, I'm, listen, I, I don't need, man. I hope I'm preaching to somebody today. I don't need anything that strengthens this flesh anymore. What I need, maybe you're not like this, but what I need, I need something that's gonna strengthen my spirit. And so Miss Tammy and I were coming home yesterday from ministering at the retreat down there and we were listening to gospel music. We were listening to Christian music. But I'm telling you, man, sometimes even the Christian music is ridiculous. And we were having the same thought at the same exact time. We were just rolling down the road, uh, just came out of Bennettsville, rolling down the road toward home, and this song was playing on a gospel station, Christian station, and Miss Tammy said, I feel like we're at the tavern. And I said, you're right. And we cut it off. Now, it was helping me out my flesh, not doing a whole lot for my spirit. Preacher, how can I hit my mind on Jesus? Christian music. How about this, Christian friends? What kind of friends do you have? You have friends that the only time they talk about God is when they say, oh, my God. You know what the kind of friends we ought to hang around with people who say, oh, my God. You are so wonderful. What do your friends talk like? What do your friends talk about? Well, you say, preacher, if I did away with all my worldly friends, I wouldn't have any friends. Well, 
I'm glad you came to church today so the Holy Spirit can help you with that. If we're going to keep our minds on Jesus, how about Christian music? How about Christian family? How about church attendance? Man, be here every time the doors are open. Listen, I'll make you a promise. When you come to Calvary, by the grace of God, we're not going to talk about we're not going to talk about politicians and we're not going to talk about problems and we're not going to talk about all these things. We'll just talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of Kings is He, the Lord of Lords, supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the truth, the, do- the way, the truth, the door. Thank God. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Christian friends, uh, church attendants, how about this? Biblically sound podcast or radio programs, biblical teaching, biblical preaching. Uh, Bible reading. Listen, I'm constantly, constantly, if I am doing something where I, you know, for instance, usually almost every single time without fail, when I'm getting ready, and you guys know, when you're shaving, you better not be trying to do too many other things while you're shaving. I have to concentrate. But while I'm shaving and getting ready, usually always I've got biblical preaching or teaching going on. I've got my phone laying there. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to a message. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Now, take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Philippians. In your New Testament, the book of Philippians, and chapter number four, if you will. It's just a tiny little book. Uh, if you go to Ephesians, you haven't quite got there yet, just go a little further. The book of Philippians, and I want you to look at chapter number four, and I want you to find verse number eight. Philippians chapter four, And find verse number eight, if you will. And notice what our Bible says about what we're preaching on today. Philippians chapter four, verse number eight. The Bible says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, look what it says, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen and me do and the God of peace, I like that idea, and the God of peace shall be with you. What's our Bible say? It is imperative that you guard your thoughts. There are some things you ought not think about. Somebody says, Pastor, I've been thinking about this thing that might happen and it's really been dragging me down. Any advice? Yes, don't think about it. Number one, you don't know what's going to happen. Number two, if it does happen, God's got a plan. Don't think about it. Don't think about the negative. If people come to you and they try to sow seeds of, of, of gossip or, or negativism, don't think about it. Number one, don't listen to them. But don't think about it. Don't think about those kind of things. We, we have to guard our thoughts. We have to keep our mind. Not only do we have to keep our mind, we have to keep our mind on Jesus. A grandfather was babysitting his little grandchild and he had to work. But I guess his daughter didn't have anybody to watch the baby so he was trying to work and he was trying to babysit the grandchild and he was, you know, in the office and right outside the office was a little lobby area and he had the little grandchild out there trying to keep, keep them occupied and the little grandbaby just kept running into, into the office and, and asking questions and and grandpa couldn't get anything done. And so finally he came up with a, an idea and he went out and he, he pulled out a puzzle and it was a puzzle of the world and had quite a few pieces. And he said, listen, honey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put this puzzle together. 
And he said, when you get this puzzle together, then you come see Papa. But don't come see Papa until you get the puzzle together. And so he left and went back in his office, and he thought, well, you know, praise God, that'll take care of him for a little while. And it wasn't very long at all. Grandbaby came running and said, Papa, Papa, said, I'm done. And he thought, there's no way. He walked out of the lobby area, and sure enough, that puzzle was completely put together. And he said, I don't understand. Are you a genius? How in the world did you put this puzzle together? And the little kid said, well, Papa, I noticed that on the back of the puzzle, there was a picture of Jesus. And when I focused on Jesus, the world just came together. You want your world to come together? Focus on Jesus. Get your mind off the preacher. Get your mind off the deacon. Get your mind off the church member. Get your mind off the problem. Get your mind off the valley. Get your mind off the storm. Get your mind off the problem. And I'm preaching to anybody this morning. Hey, get your mind off of those things and get your mind on Jesus. And so it's important that Christians have their mind. You need to be the captain. You need to steer your mind. Don't allow anybody else to control what you think about. But number two, it's important that Christians have their mind on Christ. But let's go a step further and we're, we're done. Number three, it's important that Christians have the mind of Christ. Not just their mind on Christ, but it's important that Christians have the mind of Christ. Now turn over and we're done. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in your Bible. So look at verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. The Bible says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we, Paul said to those Corinthian believers, but we... Have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.15 says, or 2.5 says it like this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, someone says, Pastor, what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? When you have the mind of Christ, it means you think like he thinks. Now, don't get distracted. Don't let Satan steal you from a blessing today. When you have the mind of Christ, it means that you understand his mission. You have the mind of Christ. Now, we don't have time to go into it, and maybe we will in our series on Sunday night, but let me, let me tell you something, church. It is the, it is the you, you, know, you know who it is that helps us to have the mind of Christ? It is the Holy Spirit that helps us to have the mind of Christ. You can just jot the scripture down, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to have the mind of Christ. Listen to me now. Look right here. That's why it's so important that you and I be yielded to the Holy Spirit. We have to stay yielded to the Spirit of God every single day. You have to get up and you, you have to say, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. I yield my spirit to you. I yield my mind, my, my life, uh, my way. I yield myself to you. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit does that. Now, with that in mind, I want you to look one last place, I think, Romans chapter 12, and look at verse number one. You say, Pastor, what happens when we yield to the Holy Spirit? 
Look what the Spirit of God does. In Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, Paul said here to these Roman, to, to the Romans, Romans 12, verse 1, Paul said, I beseech you. That word beseech is the, is the idea of begging. Paul said, I'm pleading. I'm pleading with you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye, here's the word, that ye present, that ye present your bodies. You know what that means? It means yield. That you yield yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Look at verse two, Calvary, look at verse two. And the Bible says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, transformed by the, what? By the renewing of your mind. You say, preacher, I wish my, my, I wish my life could be renewed. It can, but it starts right here. It starts by yielding to the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Ghost, please take these thoughts out. Brother Mike this morning talked, said that, thank God we have a God that gives a mulligan. He gives us a second chance. But when you've, when you've purposely looked at something, even though God will forgive you, you gotta deal with the problem now because it's in there. And that's why we go to the Holy Spirit and we say, Holy Spirit, I yield my mind. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I yield my mind to you. Lord, Holy Spirit, I need you to take those thoughts out. Holy Spirit, cleanse my mind. I shouldn't have looked at that. Holy Spirit, I shouldn't have talked about that. Holy Spirit, I shouldn't have listened to that negative talk, that discouraging talk. Holy Spirit, take those thoughts out, out with the old, in with the new, and Holy Spirit, give me the mind of Jesus. Give me the mind of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will transform your life by renewing your mind. I want to ask you a question. Do you have the mind of Christ? When we, when we built this new facility, and there were a lot of, a lot of our fellas helped and, and we appreciate all the help we got. Brother Ernest was so big when we built this building. We knew there were some things that we wanted when we built this new facility. For instance, we had no room down here at the old building to have fellowship. Our foyer was about the size of your closet. And some of you have a bigger closet than we had a foyer down here. We had no space to to fellowship, and so when we built this building, we knew we wanted something large where folks could come in and, and fellowship and be welcomed. We knew that we wanted to build a, a roomy platform because it was known that the preachers were like to move around just a little bit. And so back, back down at the old building, you know, we didn't have much space to run. Well, hallelujah, we got freedom now, amen? God has loosed us from the shackle, amen, yeah. And we knew we wanted to build a roomy platform. We knew we wanted to build some room for storage. We, we have in between our nurseries back there, we have a, but they have their own little private restroom where the ladies don't have to bring the babies out. They, can, they just have their own little private restroom right there. It's just beautiful. If you've never seen it, it's just beautiful. We knew we wanted to do that. We knew we needed space for choir. And now we need more space. And so we, we purposely built this larger than what our choir loft was down at the old building. Now, wait a minute now. 
We didn't go to our builders and say, do the best you can. Y'all just do the best you can. Oh, no. You know what we did? We spent thousands, and that part is not an exaggeration. We spent thousands of dollars hiring architectural engineers. And we said, this is what we want. This is what we want. This is what we want. And we want you to draw it. So we can hand it to the builders and say, this is our mind. This is what we want. You see, it was important that those builders had our mind. In church, in the day and time in which we're living, it's very important that you and I have the mind of Christ. Somebody said it like this, and man, I blew it up on my outline and, and uh, emboldened it, and I put highlights around it. Somebody said, let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. That deserves a wow, wow. Let the mind of the master be the master of your mind. You can close your Bibles, we're done. Did you know if you just let anything, if you just eat, if you just eat anything you want to eat, you're not going to be healthy. Mama used to make Mama, when we were growing up, Mama always made fat back. I got any other fat back fans out there? Yeah. Oh, glory. And, uh, and Mama would make fat back. She would use a lot of times to season stuff, but, she'd, but, but she would make some, and we'd just go in there, man, we'd kill that stuff. I mean, we'd eat it. And boy, it's good, isn't it? Amen. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something, though, church. If you eat fat back morning, night, and noon, you better get to know your cardiac specialist well. If all you do is ever go to McDonald's and get a number one supersize chocolate shake and that's all, you, that's all you ever do and everything you put in your body is fatty and greasy and all you ever do is eat sweet rolls and candy and chocolate. Now, seriously, I don't have to tell you this. You're not going to be healthy. You know why? You got to put something substantial in here. Church, listen to me. If we let this mind open and we just let anything in it, do we think for a half of a second we're going to be a healthy Christian? We're fooling ourselves. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Do we have the mind of Christ? Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads with us today? Well, I'm thankful for this message. It's helped me. It's helped me today. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't have the mind of Christ, why don't you yield your mind to him today? Maybe today somebody needs to come and just find a place on this old-fashioned altar and just yield your mind to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit begin to take the, the bad thoughts out. Out with the old, in with the new. That's right. Yes, folks are already coming. Why don't we stand all over the house? Just 
let's just stand this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you for teaching us this morning. God, help us to be so careful to realize that our mind is going to determine our destination. Oh, let the mind of the master be the master of the mind. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You're here this morning, you say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure beyond a doubt, I know that I would go to heaven. If that's you, without anybody looking, you just slip your hand up right now. You'd say, Pastor, I know that I'm born again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. How many are here today would say, Preacher, Brother Pope, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere around this crowd today? Right now, you just slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there somebody else? Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there another? Can I pray for you right now? Just raise it up real high. Amen. Amen. Just raise it up real high so I can see. Is there somebody else? I'm going to pray for you just like I said. You can lower your hands. All right, with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking. How many are here this morning? You say, Pastor, I'm saved. I've already raised my hand, testified about that. I am saved. But preacher, the Lord knows my mind is not in a healthy place. And I need prayer. Preacher, I need my mind renewed. Without anybody looking, nobody looking. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now. You'd say, preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yep, 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 yep. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Who else? Who else? Preacher, my mind's not in a healthy place. Pray for me. I need my mind renewed. I need my mind renewed. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Amen. Yes. Man, I knew it. I knew it, yes, thank you. I knew God had something in mind with this message. Here's what I want you to do then. In just a moment, I want you just to slip out. I want you to find a place down here and do business with the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need to come and say, Lord, help me to have the mind of Christ. I want to invite you to come. So, Father, thank you for this time we've had together this morning. And thank you, Lord, for showing us something so important from your your word today. So, first of all, I pray for these that have raised their hands and said that they need to be saved. Father, would you give them the courage right now, right now, to step out and come. And, Lord, we have somebody here with a Bible who wants to show them how they can know Christ Jesus as their personal Savior. I pray you'd help them to come. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help God's people to come from all over this room today and just find a place. And they would say, Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Lord, renew my mind. Renew my mind. Lord, help me to walk out of here with a new mind. Father, have thy way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need to come, the altars are open right now. Would you come? If you raised your hand and you said, Pastor, I'm not saved, 
I am not saved. Would you come right now? If you raised your hand and you said, Preacher, I'm not saved, would you come right now? Would you come? If you'd like somebody to pray with you, we've got somebody here with a Bible. If not, you just come. Find a place on the altar and do business with the Lord. Oh, Lord, give us your mind. Help us to have the mind of Jesus. While we pause just for a moment. If you're watching the live stream today, we're so glad to have you watching. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And if you're watching this broadcast and you say, Pastor, my mind is not in a healthy place. Hey, why don't you call right now? Just call. We have some wonderful personal workers that are beside the phone right now, and we would love to pray with you on the phone. Would you call right now? Just call that number. Amen. Folks are getting some help. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving. Lord, truth of the matter is, if we were all honest, every last one of us in this room today would have to say we battle with this thing of the mind. Every one of us. And it may not be lust. It might be discouragement or depression or oppression. God, it might be bondage. It might be an addiction. Father, it might be bitterness. But Lord, if we're here this morning, we're battling with some things in our minds. God, help us to get it right. Have your way. And we thank you, Lord. 